0: Our sermon text this morning comes from Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 27. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. So we are back in Luke chapter 5 and looking at one of my favorite accounts from Jesus about him calling sinners and calling sinners and the sick. Um, It's an interesting passage, an interesting account because there's a calling, there's a party, a really good party, there's party poopers that come in. And then Jesus makes a purpose statement. Now, all those Ps, I could have a really good uh, alliteration for you guys, but I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm going to go in a little different. But I hope you'll see the big picture of the story of what Jesus is doing. He really is calling someone to repentance. And then what he's saying is, all of you are sinners, or as we might say in the South, all y'all are sinners. That's what we'll see. I want you to see that following Jesus leads to real life in him. I want you to see that self-righteousness eliminates your view of, of God and eliminates your view of God's good work. And then I also want you to see that Jesus came for sinners and we're all one, every one of us. And so if you'd pop up that outline for me, I want you guys to take a look at following Jesus and what we mean here when we say following Jesus. So first of all, notice following Jesus brings real life and we're introduced to Levi, maybe some of us for the first time. But this is Matthew. Um, His name is changed probably by Jesus as Jesus liked to change names of those he called He was called here by Jesus, but where we find him is in the tax booth. He was a tax collector. He had one of the most lucrative yet difficult jobs of anyone. He sat in a booth, and usually they were by the sea, where fishermen would be bringing their fish out, and the tax collector would say, Okay, guys, count up the fish. How many did you catch? Well, this is what you owe me for what you did. Now they were also employed by the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire didn't really care how much tax they took they would just again come to the tax collector and say you owe us this amount of money. Well of course the tax collectors overcharged. If someone had a hundred fish he'd make them pay for 200 and the tax collectors had a lot of money but they were also hated. They were seen as the people in the society that no one wanted to be around and no one liked. You can almost imagine the IRS and the mafia. That was his job. He had the power to get them in trouble and get them beat up by a Roman guard, but he also had the power to take their money. This was a powerful job, but also a job that people didn't like. He was on the outskirts and marginalized in the society but notice what Jesus does Jesus goes right up to him (laughs) you can imagine Levi being at the tax booth no one hung around there but Jesus did Jesus went straight to him look at verse 27 again after this he went out Jesus and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth and Jesus said to him follow me and leaving everything Levi rose and followed him Levi really did leave everything he left his job he left all this money he left a secure future he thought he left And he left everything in order to follow Jesus. This was a radical call of trust. But also just notice the power of Jesus' call. Jesus called him. Jesus said, come, follow me. And it changed him. Now, more than likely, Levi had already heard Jesus preach He might have even seen or been around a miracle. But this call of Jesus was so extremely powerful that Levi decided to leave everything and follow him. One commentator also points out that when Levi left, he couldn't go back. This isn't something you could just say to the Roman Empire. You know, I'm just not sure what I want to do here. I think I'm going to leave and then I'm going to come back. I'm just not sure about my job. No, once you left the Roman Empire, you couldn't come back. And he made that decision to leave. He also made the decision to follow Jesus. And this is a call of repentance. If you look at the end of our passage in 32, this is what Jesus says he, come, he came to do. It's to call people to repentance. And this is what he does here with Levi. Levi is saying no to something in order to say yes to Jesus. And I hope you'll see that saying no to money, saying no to a really good job, is difficult. But Jesus is better, Jesus moved his heart. Jesus changed him. And so he's willing to say no. So that he could really say yes and give Jesus everything. What Levi was offered was better. If you feel like God is calling you to do something, you feel like there's something you need to repent of, I hope you'll see the honesty of repentance. It's not easy. There's something you have to die to. There's something that you have to say no to. But then when you're saying yes to Jesus, it's better. There's always a good Friday before there's an Easter Sunday. We always have to die in order to live. And this is what Jesus is saying to Levi. Come follow me. And Levi knew what he was calling him to do was leave everything. Also notice what Jesus does in his heart here in verse 28. As it says, and leaving everything, Levi rose. Now it's interesting to think about because it was a physical. He got up out of the tax booth, but there's more here. There's a resurrection that happened in his heart and in his life. The same word here in the original was the word that would later be used for Jesus rising from the dead. Levi rose. Jesus did something in his life. One commentator said this, he rose up directly. Such power went along with the words of Christ that he could not withstand it. He followed Jesus, not only in a literal sense, but in a spiritual sense and became his disciple. Again, when we follow Jesus, when we repent and say no and say yes, he does something in us. He frees us. He releases us. He released Levi from what he was committed to and really what had him, right? This idol of money this idol of this job, released him. And Levi laid it down. But then what does Levi do? He throws a huge party. <laughs> he didn't just kind of go on his way and say, okay, well, I guess I'm a Christian now. I'll go find another job. No, he celebrated. In fact, he threw a huge feast And the tax collector invited a bunch of people over for free food. Imagine that. He went from being this this stingy, selfish guy to being very generous. To saying, look, let's have a big feast. Let's have a big party. Do you see that? (laughs) He was released. And therefore, he was free to help others. He got out of himself so that he could care about other people. Going from selfish to generous. This is what happens when we say no to things and we say yes to Jesus. When we really repent of our sins. We're finally free from our idols. Instead of cheating, he's giving. And instead of hiding, he's welcoming. Instead of fear, he was free He was changed and he walks with Jesus. This is what Jesus does to people. He calls. He raises your heart. He changes us. Some of you this morning know you need to repent. You know there's something that has you and you won't leave it as Tolkien said in Lord of the Rings, it's your precious, right? You can't can't let go of it. But you have to see, it's got you. And it might leave you. When you repent and you follow Jesus, he's got you. And he'll never leave you. You can trust him because he's holding on to you and he'll never go anywhere. Repent. Believe. See that Jesus is better. Realize that he's the one that will lead you and he's the one that will have you in such a way that you'll never go back. You'll see the goodness of him. You'll see the greatness. And and, and yes, there are times we doubt and there are times we struggle. But you'll never go back. Leave and follow him. Does anyone know, you can raise your hand, does anyone know who George Beverly Shea is? All right, good. I don't feel like I'm the only one. Um, that's a very Baptist name if you grew up Baptist then you know you might know who this is Uh, George Beverly Shea is the guy that traveled with Billy Graham for years and did the music so he was the guy that would open sing and George Beverly Shea has a very interesting story as there was a time in his life where he was not walking with the Lord and his mom began to try to minister to him well one day she read a poem and then she wrote the poem down she put it on the piano or he would go. He then saw the poem, and he read it, and it moved him, and he wrote music for it. And if you heard him sing, he might have sung this song specifically. It was written by a man named Ray Miller in the early 1920s, but it says this. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. you gotta know the guy wrote this, and George put music to it, and then God changed his life. And there he was standing before thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, singing this song about Jesus. Jesus calls us, Jesus changes us, and following him in whatever capacity is always better. Also notice following Jesus exposes self-righteousness, and this is where we see the Pharisees. Now again, picture the party. Levi's there. He's making food for everybody. Everybody's having a great time. Music's playing. Jesus is there. They're introducing themselves to Jesus. People are laughing. It's wonderful. And then all of a sudden, here come the Pharisees. They're standing at the door. You can almost imagine the music stops. The laughter dies down. And there they are. The religious police have showed up. And they're standing there judging. Look at verse 30. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? you hear what they're saying? We're better. We're better than all these other people. They're less than who we are. They're self righteous. And they're actually judging wrongly. (laughs) They're blinded to the fact that a man has just been saved. They're blinded to the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, is standing right in front of them. All they can see is the ethics, all they can see is their own rules. Y'all, this is self righteousness. And self righteousness and judgment and thinking that we're the ones that are supposed to critique and, and see everybody and do the right thing all the time because we do the right thing is self righteous. And Jesus, of course, says, No. You guys are missing it. Now, you may, may be thinking. How can I stand up here and understand self-righteousness so well? Because I am one. I'm a professional Christian. I get paid to do this. And guess what people that do this job struggle with? Judging others. And missing the work of Jesus. Looking at other Christians, looking at other churches and saying, You guys are doing it wrong. You don't understand. Instead of seeing Jesus, seeing salvation, seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in amazing ways in people's lives, and letting Jesus figure it out, He's much better at it than I am. Y'all, when we come to confession, and we come to receive from the Lord's table, usually what my sin that I'm confessing is, is this. Self-righteousness. And if you're in my camp and you get this, we also need Jesus, and we need him probably more than anyone else. I hope you see that self-righteousness, thinking, That we get it and everybody else doesn't will blind you. You won't see it. You'll miss Jesus. The call here again is to lay down these idols. Again, it might be security and money for you, it might be self righteousness, it might be pride. The call here is to leave, to leave everything. And follow Jesus. And yes, that feels vulnerable. (laughs) It feels out of control. Because Jesus didn't say, here's where we're going. He just said, follow me. But realize, you don't know where you're going, but you're going with him. You're leaving stuff behind and you're following Jesus. The one that created you, the one that knows you way better than you know yourself follow him. Leave everything. He's the one that loves you. He's the one that died for you. He's the one that knows what to do with your life. Submit yourself and follow Jesus. Also, thirdly here, notice that following Jesus is safe for all sinners. Look at verse 31 again. And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, I love that Dr. Luke says physician, and Dr. Luke says sick, because he's even saying here, you see the sickness in them. You see that they need help. Jesus is making a statement here I hope it also reminds you of the passage we looked at last week where Jesus talked about the difference between forgiveness and healing. And he said forgiveness is more powerful. And now what you see here from Jesus is really a purpose statement. He's saying, this is what I came to do. This isn't just something I do sometimes, to forgive someone of sin. This is my purpose. I came for sinners. I came to bring forgiveness And what I'm asking and and demanding is repentance, is leaving everything and following me. Jesus came for the sick. But again, put yourself in the passage and remember when he said it. There they are. Sinners and tax collectors in one corner, Pharisees and, and scribes and religious people in the other corner. And Jesus says, I came for the sick. Who do you think was sick in that room? Who who didn't get it? Sinners and tax collectors? Yes, they were sick. But who was more sick? The Pharisees. They didn't see their own sickness. The sickest people are the ones who don't know they're sick. The blindest people are the ones who don't know they're blind. The worst off people in that room are the Pharisees. But what did Jesus say? I came for everyone. I came for the tax collector and the prostitute. I came for the sinners. I came for those who are addicted And it also came for the religious, the ones who think you have it all together and you don't. Jesus came for sinners. And my question to all of us this morning is, do you know you're a sinner? Do you? Do you come in and say, I'm better? Or do you come in and say, I don't want to talk about it? I want to ignore it. Y'all, that's not repentance. And it's not repentance that will lead to life, and it's not following Jesus. Following Jesus is saying, I am a sinner and I need a savior. And yes, it's for Christians and it's for non Christians, it's for everyone to say again to Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I need help. And this morning, if you've never said that to Jesus, if you've never said, I am a sinner and I need help, today's the day. To say very clearly to him, I'm a sinner. You can save me. And I follow you. And if you've said it before, I would encourage you, you need to say it again. Not for you to be saved, not to be justified, but to walk with him, to know him, to see that we are sinners. And so often what we need is other people in our lives to help us, to say to us, you need to come to Jesus. This is the call this morning. Jesus came for all. He came for sinners. And he came to make us well. I love this song we sang it last week come ye sinners because it says without money without money come to Jesus Christ and buy not the righteous but sinners Jesus came to call y'all this is who we are sinners but yet saved saved by him rescued by him so this morning, that is our call. And as we come to the Lord's table, as we prepare prepare our hearts to come and receive, I encourage you this morning to come as someone who needs help. Don't stand in the corner as a Pharisee. Don't stand in the corner as a tax collector. Come. Come to Jesus. And let's enjoy the goodness of him together. Jesus is indeed better. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you offer us the gospel. And there's a clear call this morning in our passage to repent and believe, to give up everything. And I pray, Lord, that whatever those things are that we're holding on to, or give us grace, give us the the call of Jesus to awaken and arise our hearts that we too would follow. We thank you, Lord, that you're at work. We thank you for our church and the goodness of the gospel. We just pray that you would help us and lead us and guide us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.